Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. We are taking a deep dive into a few topics today. And on the top of the list, we've got tech and focus. And this is with the technology sector bouncing back quite strongly this year. If you look at the Nasdaq Composite, it's up 18% year to date. What's worth noting, though, is that it's being led by a small pocket of companies, the FANG stocks. So as a basket, the FANG stocks are up 34.7%. And these FANG stocks, of course, include the likes of Facebook, Alphabet, Amazon, Netflix, and Google Parent Alphabet. Uh, So that is uh, looking at, for example, Apple up over 38% year-to-date. Now, let's check in with David Wong. Senior Investment Strategist for Equities at Alliance Bernstein to find out what he feels about the technology sector. David, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's start with tech first because uh, it's been one of the notable movers in the past few months and we've got this bit of a concentrated rally in the FANG stocks. What does this tell you about the technology sector right now? Yeah, it has been a very concentrated rally in the U.S. Uh, and when we look at uh, first quarter performance, actually about uh, 10 stocks contributed 90% of the performance of, of the S&P 500. Uh, and uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, technology played a, a very big role in that. And I think some of that is investors noting that in 2020, uh, tech stocks were some of the uh, least macro sensitive companies. Uh, And when you combine that with a view that uh, the uh, end of rate hikes are approaching and that uh, rate pressure may be diminishing, which is good for valuations of of equities, you know, people felt more comfortable to to get into these tech stocks again, especially after a lot of the painful economic adjustments that they had to make post-COVID were already taken in the form of provisions in 2022. Yeah, is there also a bit of a new appetite or new lens that we should be looking at tech stocks right now? Are they the new defensive stocks? Well, I've heard that said before in uh, 2020, but uh, I'm actually a little bit concerned about uh, this particular view that, uh, you know, offense is the new defense, (laughs) because um, we need to also remember that uh, while inflation is uh, subsiding somewhat, it's also not going away. We've heard the Fed uh, say many times that they plan to remain vigilant for for inflation, and so they may actually... uh, keep rates at a high level. Uh, If they do that while rates actually come down, what we could get is actually positive real rates in the economy for the first time in a long time. And that could actually be uh, not as good as people think for uh, the valuations of more expensive companies. And that's really why we recommend uh, that investors need to stay balanced. You need to be uh, owning companies that are very high quality and can deliver profitable growth uh, even in a tougher economic environment. But you also need to make sure you don't pay too much for them as well. Yeah, I'm also trying to square what's um, coming out from the earnings season. And of course, in the past few months, we've been hearing from the tech companies with the layoffs 
for example, Meta, thousands of jobs being cut. I believe the latest count is around 21,000. They've dubbed this the year of efficiency. So if you take that into account, uh, what does this tell you about the tech ready right now? Is this shaping them up to be in a stronger position for the coming year? You know, we've had some uh, very nice positive surprises from a few big names. Uh, but actually, if we look at the IT sector as a whole, uh, year-over-year EPS growth in the first quarter was actually negative 13%. So, you know, this is not uniform that, that tech companies have all done well in Q1. And, um, you know, we also uh, look forward, you know, to Q3 and Q4. And what we see is that uh, analyst estimates may still be too high. Uh, the current forecast for uh, earnings for the S&P as a whole uh, for Q4 is still plus 6 or plus 7%. And, you know, that's a very hockey stick move up, if you will, uh, from uh, a Q1 level that's still negative. Yeah, I think you alluded to this earlier on as well. And this is how uh, we've got pressures on these companies. One of them, of course, margin pressures in the coming quarters. How much should we be expecting with um, what's playing out in the inflation front, the labor market strength as well, wages will go up. How will that eat into the margins and, of course, the um, upcoming outlook for earnings? Well, margins, you know, certainly have been challenged uh, in a number of sectors. Uh, but, um, you know, what we find is that a lot of the damage, if you will, or the disconnect between earnings growth and revenue growth has actually come from uh, extraordinary so-called one-time charges taken by a lot of companies um, as they right-size, uh, you know, their, their uh, employment pool or uh, some of the investments that they're making. Our view, though, is that, uh, you know, one uh, important thing uh, investors can do for themselves uh, in this current environment is to uh, geographically diversify somewhat. Mm. The U.S. is attractive uh, because half of the index, you know, one could classify as being less economically sensitive or less macro sensitive. But then if we look at um, in Europe or, or Japan, for instance, these are markets that don't have the same bad breadth <laughs> that you spoke of earlier in terms of uh, performance being highly concentrated. And, um, you know, it's also places where you can find high quality companies for a lower price. So, you know, our, our general recommendation is that, that investors should be taking a more global view in 2023. All right. Well, in conversation with David Wong, he is the Senior Investment Strategist for Equities at Alliance Bernstein. Now, expanding on that, David, your asset allocation, you talk about going global. Uh, so what's the sizing right now? Are you favoring China a bit more these days because of the reopening efforts there? Well, you know, we do like China as a long-term opportunity. Um, uh, we uh, uh, do think, though, that a lot of the, um, I guess, uh, first-order impacts of Chinese reopening have already been realized. Uh, and when we look at uh, some of the current economic data in China, it's a little bit more mixed. We're finding PMI data 
that is not really consistent with a super strong overall economy. And while we can see that clearly services are doing better, people are traveling more, we saw that during the golden week last week, there are things that uh, are a little bit of a cause for for concern. Uh, So we, we would just have a more measured allocation to China that is based more on long-term fundamental strength um, and uh, also policy alignment rather than than just uh, trying to uh, play the the reopening trade. Um, you know, I will uh, say, since we've been talking about earnings today, that when we look at uh, earnings revisions in China, they're actually some of the worst in the world. Um, the ratio of uh, earnings revisions at 0.49 for China is worse than almost anywhere else, uh, which is telling us that uh, people got a little bit too far ahead of themselves uh, uh, when they were forecasting what earnings would look like in 2023 for China. Yeah, when it comes to earnings, it's uh, partly down to expectations. Uh, we've been sharing David Wong. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Equities at Alliance Bernstein. David, it was great chatting with you. Have a great day ahead. Great. Thank you so much. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.